Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Wonky Cast. On this week's show, we have an interview we recorded with Manu Bennett at the MGM London Comic Con. We talk about his time on Shannara, Arrow, Spartacus and a whole bunch more. But before that, let's just give you a quick update on what conventions we're going to be attending over the next couple of months. So coming up at the end of March, on the 21st to the 22nd of March, we will be at SFW9, where we'll be doing panels and interviews and a whole bunch of other stuff besides... And the weekend after, we will be in Manchester for Timequake, which is a brand new steampunk event taking place up there. So if you're at either of those events, then do come along and find us and say hi. Also, we now have a brand new Discord server where you can come along and chat with myself, the other hosts of Nerd vs. World, The Wonky Gamer, Due South by Southeast, and a whole bunch of other people about anything nerdy that springs to mind. Also, tickets are still on sale for the next MCM London Comic Con, which is coming up at the end of May. So go on to their website and grab tickets for that. And again, if you're there, come along and say hi. And in the meanwhile, enjoy the interview. Okay, um, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Hello. Good day. Good morning. Hey, brother. Um, could you um, just tell us a little bit about what, what it's like to work with the younger generation on the Chanel Chronicles? Um, obviously, it's quite a bonding experience of you down there. Yeah, look, uh, uh, I mean, one of the one of the endearing things about 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 working with that young cast in in the Shannara Chronicles was really the fact that you know New Zealand is my country, you know, and uh, in in a way, you know, Alanon is kind of like the already the keeper of the four lands, you know, and and so when they when they arrived, you know, I, I sort of had to sort of take them kind of like under my wing anyway and, and, and show them around New Zealand and sort of give them a bit of a because you know these, these are a young group of actors you know who were getting one of, you know one of their first big break shows and sort of coming over to, to New Zealand and uh, you know New Zealand's a long way from, from home for, for you know Poppy from England and Ivana from uh, you know from Spain and, and Austin from, from America so so you know it was, it was, it was kind of nice you know I, I almost felt like in real life that I was um, you know their father <laughs> yeah but it was uh, you know you know uh, yeah yeah were you familiar with the Shannara series before you got the role no not at all no no have you read the book since or uh, just tried to keep yeah yeah you, you know I, I I kind of well I was intrigued because once we started doing the show I I was I was sort of interested in seeing well, well you know I, I, I lie before we started the show I I, I, I Read, uh, you know, the sword of Shannara, and uh, you know, I, I got the feeling of of, of how Terry wrote Alanon, you know, and Alanon would always sort of appear like on the page, like, you know, you know, and uh, but it was kind of funny because you know, I uh, you know, and I say funny like it was it was. Like I remember the first scene uh, working with the director. Uh, on, on discovering Will for the mm. first time, and he was in a bathtub, you know, and, and and you know Ivana's character Eritrea had stolen the elf stones off him, you know, and um, and there was this moment where I thought it was kind of like 
I don't know, I thought it was like Strider, you know, leaning over the top of Frodo, you know, and lightning bolt, you know, illuminates the hood and this sort of, you know, that's what I imagined that scene to be. And uh, and the director was like, oh, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've, but this is going to be comedy. This, this is going to be, there's going to be a funny scene, you know? And I was really struck by that. I was like, really? Like, what about the dun, 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 <laughs> you know? And he was like, no, 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 we've, we've discussed this scene and we're going to go, you know, this way with it. So, you know, so, so, you know, Austin sort of was, you know, directed to go like, oh, Alan, a druid. Oh, I, you know, my mum told me about a druid. And it, and it was, and, and it kind of like, you know, it, it set off a different tone, you know, than what I'd, I'd sort of expected at first, you know, and it, it sort of made it like maybe jovial and jokey and, and friendly and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, it, it was something, you know, but, but then it was never dun, 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 with, 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 with that character much, because we'd always sort of have this jibe going on, you know, uh, that, that started up, um, Am I digging a hole here? Next season, he's going to get the musical cue. But you know, this is this is this is some of the you know this was some of the the way that the show was fashioned for MTV. Yeah. You know. Talking about funny writing, I think you had your own experiences contributing quite a memorable spell to the the series. Can you maybe tell us that story? Oh. Uh, can I? Yeah, you can. Am I allowed you can. to? You're allowed to. Rakuf Rathom. <laughs> so what, what happened <laughs> was we had this <laughs> we had this moment where uh, Ar- Ar- Arian Arian Ar- Arian is that his name? Uh, wait, wait, okay, it was, it, was, it was a while ago. Let me let me get this straight. So the the two brothers, right? And uh, Ar- is Arian? Help me out here, guys. Come on. <laughs> you're pointing your cameras at me, and you're like, you're just, wa- you're just waiting for me to put my foot in my mouth. I know what you're like. Uh, Daniel McPherson's character. Arian. Arian. Anyway, okay, so. So there's, there's this moment where, you know, the, the young prince was being, you know, killed by by the Dagdamore, you know, and, and, and Alanon was... was, was you know, racing across the, I don't know, part of the four lands to get there to to, to, to save them, and uh, and when he arrived, it was too late, and the, and the Dagdamore had run his sword sword through uh, Daniel McPherson's character, that one. Arian, yeah. Arian, right? And and in the scene, it just said that that Alanon stood upon the rocky outcrop, witnessing the the death of of the young prince, and he sent a shockwave through the ground you know to, to, to stop uh, you know um, to stop the Dagnamore uh, and it, 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 it when it came to the moment it was like Alanon just got up there and went like mm-hmm. and I thought oh god this must surely he must say something here you know like rather than just and so the director said yeah 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 it's a good point but we don't have any dialogue and I said okay and the director was like, can, you know, can you come up with something? And I went, okay, sure. And uh, so, you know, he, he said, I'm going to go over here and shoot something. You can come up with something, and when I come back, we'll shoot it and use whatever dialogue he came up with. So, <laughs> so I thought, what would Alanon say as he watches the death of this young young prince, you know, and he got there too late. And so the director came back, and he was like, Okay, uh, have you got a, a line? 
a spell? And I said, yeah, I got one. And he went, okay, what is it? And I said, just film, I'll, I'll, I'll just break it out, you know. Yeah, okay. So he went down, he's going, okay, an action. And I grabbed my staff, and I hit the ground, I went, Rakuf Rathom. The shockwave went through. And he, the director was like, oh, it was good, awesome. Awesome, that sounded great. That sounded just like Druid speech. And I was like, yeah, cool, hey. He's like, yeah, yeah. Let's do it again. Okay, do it again. Rakuf Rathom. Awesome, awesome, that's it, got it. So we all walked down the hill and we got into the minibus that would take us back to the uh, production site. And the director's sitting next to me and he goes, that, that, that line sounded perfect. I was like, yeah, thanks. And he goes, what was it? Like, you just came up with it? Like, and I said, yeah, it's, it was like, it's motherfucker backwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, Alanon gets up and he's like, motherfucker. <laughs> And funnily enough, I got I got contacted a, like we had a scene this season, on the second season where I was in a, in you know a, I can't actually I can't tell you what happens but we're in a very very bad predicament, and um, and I broke it out again. You, it's, there's a season two <laughs> repeat of this line, and they then they know about it, right? But the lady in America in America when I had to do ADR, you know, I had to do some ADR work. They said, "Oh, we have to repeat." She sent me this message that we have to repeat that line that you said, whatever it was. What was it that you said? <laughs> and so I sent her this very eloquent email, you know, saying, "Oh, it's it's Rakuf uh, Rathom," and if you read it backwards, you'll probably know what it means. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's it, it was a very funny moment, you know, just to just to have that as kind of a bit of a legend behind one of the one of the spells, and a bit of fun on set. <clears throat> Talking about mother romances, uh, obviously one of our favourite mother romances is uh, your character on Arrow, and I think fans were so delighted to have you back and to get to continue that story. Looking to the future, what are you most excited about at finally getting to finish out that arc? Well, you know, there's there's sort of some speculation going on right now about, you know, Oslade's back on Arrow, you know, and then, you know, Joe Manganiello's been, you know, offered to do a, a Deathstroke film, which is great for Joe. Uh, you know, he's, he's a wonderful guy. He's a, I've met him a couple of times, and he's just an awesome guy. You know, wonderful physique. He'll, he'll fit a Deathstroke costume amazingly and uh, you, you know he uh, you know he'll have his own take on it you know and and, and, and I, I wish him the very best uh, you know he's 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 it's gonna be interesting to see how you know with all that great production quality you know what they can bring visually to the character but I will say you know being able to do a character on television and have have several series to, f to flesh out a Slade Wilson you know then you can play with a lot of the gray matter and uh, you know we've managed to develop that well for the, for the TV show but you know, uh, up on the big screen, there's going to be a new Deathstroke, and uh, you know. So, but between the two, you know, there's always been this sort of ongoing uh, story uh, where Warner Brothers' uh, parent company, which is the feature film arm, you know, have have requested that you know certain elements of Arrow's world uh, be finished. You know, things like you know Deadshot and Harley Quinn and the Suicide Squad, all those things were going to be part of, of the Arrowverse, but, uh, you know, have had to be held back because of the reason of, of the, the film arm wanting to reserve that, you know, for the film. Uh, you know, who knows? That's that's their decision-making, that's their properties, you know, they, they know what they're doing in their game. So, uh, you know, we just uh, play ball. And so you wouldn't say no to a death row? 
Deathstroke TV series? Uh, listen, I mean, you know, the speculation of a Deathstroke TV series is, is uh, you know, based upon fan comments that have been going on, you know, the fact that fans want would like to see that. I remember somebody, well, you know, somebody posted it online and, and sent it to my to my uh, Twitter account and I responded, yeah, it'd be cool, you know, but it'd want to be R-rated, it'd want to be dark, like, you know, like Logan, you know, I, I think you'd, to pay Deathstroke a real service in a TV series, you know, I think you'd want to go darker than anything, you know, like the more darker than Daredevil, darker than everything. Maybe even make it a little bit more international, you know, where, where he's sort of like a like an international soldier. But, you know, and I had these conversations with Mark Guggenheim after the fact, and, you know, Mark was very supportive of the idea, thought it was a great idea, you know. We bandied it around a little bit on Twitter, and people like Marv Wolfman weighed in, you know. Uh, uh, also, uh, uh, um, uh, oh, my God, Jeff, uh, Jeff Daniels. Daniels from uh, the, the illustrator of uh, the Deathstroke, you know, the new Deathstroke series, you know, he, he weighed in, you know, and they all, everyone was going, a oh, good idea, you know, so, so who knows, you know, I mean, at this, at this stage, you know, I guess Warner Brothers is just looking at the feature film, you know, they've announced it, so they're definitely f focusing on that, and, uh, you know, who knows what will happen, you know, after that, you know, maybe they'll get to that point and fans will be like, ah, oh, yeah, more Deathstroke, more Deathstroke, you know, and if somebody asked me to, to do a, the TV series, you know, I, I, I you know, I, 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 you know, I definitely wouldn't want to to sit in the PG arena, you know. I, I think, I think really to pay a homage to Deathstroke independently, you'd want to go hard, you know. But, uh, but Joe's got a shot at that, you know. And uh, you know, I'd like to, you know, I'm really keen to see how gritty that 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 script is going to be, you know, like that Deathstroke script for the film is. Uh, I wonder what its rating is going to be, you know. It'd be great if it was R-rated. And it'd be great if it was like Logan, you know. It'd be great if it was heavy, you know, really heavy, you know. But, uh, but you know, that's where we're yet to see. I'm, I'm probably just as excited as everybody else to, to think, like, what's that going to look like on the big screen, you know. Wish it was me, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but good luck. No, no, he's, no, Joe's a really wonderful guy, and, uh, and, and he'll, you know, he'll have his shot at it now, you know. The Batman mask's been worn by plenty of people, so, you know, so be it. You've had a, a really great range of characters in your career on TV and film. Is there anything that you haven't been able to do yet, any sorts of characters or anything that you'd really like to be able to have a go back? Well, you know, I, I'm kind of like... I, I, I've kind of got a music and a dance background and a, and a few things that are probably... Probably my, my involvement in the arts was, was m not the tough guy, you know, originally, you know. Like, I was, I was in, you know, I... I I wrote music, piano music, you know, and uh, and did ballet and, and dance, you know, and uh, and these softer expressions are kind of like part of part of my character. But I, I do think I flush them out in characters, but I I sort of end up using them as secondary layers that help develop the character in the audience's mind, you know, like like Crixus, you know. I came on so hard with Crixus that my, my director walked up to me, sorry, the producer uh, of our show, Spartacus, walked up and said, Manu, what are you doing with Crixus? Nobody likes him. He's like so arrogant and unlikable. And, and, like, and I was like, I know, just trust me, trust me. Because, you know, it's... it's, it's and, and the reason I, I played it like that was because, you know, the reason I got into, in, into acting in the first place was, uh, you know, I, I, I lost my mother and brother in two separate car accidents. And I was in the accident with my mother and, uh, and I was in a coma for like two weeks in a hospital. And when I woke up, you know, uh, there were, you know, 
my worst enemy, the guy who was my worst enemy was, was at the hospital, you know, come to see me. And, uh, you know, he'd lost his mother when he was younger and uh, related to this moment that I was having. So even though he was my worst enemy, he came to me because of common circumstance. And all of a sudden him and me formed a bond and became best friends. Now, that's what I infused into Crixus and Spartacus. When I, when I saw how that story was going to flesh out, I, I, I went, I know this story already. But it doesn't start off pretty. It starts off as enemies. And it starts off with one of the characters, one of them's playing the protagonist on the screen, then one of them, one of them has to play the antagonist hard. So I went in really hard playing Crixus as the antagonist. And everyone was like, oh, we hate him. Hope he dies. You know, da, da 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 But to be able to turn people's feelings around, like my feelings were turned around for this, for this friend of mine in the hospital, my enemy who became my friend, to be able to do that to people, to have them hating somebody and to have them turn around completely and, and potentially cry when I died. You know, I've, I've met men who say they cried in that scene, but they say they hated me in the beginning. And to be able to win people's emotions over like that, I think opens up possibilities, you know. And whenever I'm playing a, 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 a villain-esque kind of character, you know, like Slade Wilson as well, you know, I always try to infuse vulnerability, you know, uh, suppressed emotions, you know, even when it's when the other characters aren't looking, you just have this moment where you go deep inside of yourself and just sit in that pocket. And I know what that pocket is, you know, I've had loss in my life, so I know the feeling, you know. The funny thing is I have a lot of people from things like, you know, I have military people from like, who've been in Afghanistan and have got PTSD and they come up to me and they go, bro, you know, we watched Spartacus when we were up in, up in fighting in the, in the mountains, you know, isolated and lost several of our team, you know, in a firefight and you know but but you know we all would get around and watch Spartacus story keeps people bonded together and Spartacus was this sort of story that they related to yeah. and here I am standing in front of these real warriors these real soldiers who are pouring their heart out to me saying like are we really connected with Crixus you know and I think to myself how do I do that on a television show but the thing is as an artist you know I had my brother died in my hands to be honest you know died in my hands so I know that feeling and I can put that in as an artist into my performance you know I reserve it for that that's that's my safe place for it you know but you know I think it's important that as an artist you kind of like you have to know life you know you have to be honest you have to be upfront and and as much as you can give give you know and uh, you know I, I try to do that with my characters you know I, I, and at the end of the day you know when I come to these conventions and stuff like that you know and I come face to face with the fans I realize that that's what they kind of take in through that screen you know and one thing that's very interesting about all of that that I found out last year was I went to Greece and I, w I went to a place called Epidavros and in Epidavros they, they built the very first amphitheater the people who built it were called the Escipio. The Escipio were a, a medicine people that uh, made apothecary and stuff like that. So they, they were into making medicines and they were well known throughout Europe and they would travel a lot with their, with their medicines and, and teaching about medicine. And they built an amphitheater. The first one that was ever built was built in Epidavros. And it was built because they believed that voice and storytelling was healing. When I heard that, I suddenly felt this huge relief that I wasn't just caught up in Hollywood <laughs> you know that I actually had an ancient reason for being in the place that I am you know to to you know when that person with PTSD comes to me and I can say yeah brother you know my brother died in my hands as well and in this art form we made a, an emotional connect across the void
through the, a television screen, you know? But it was healing, you know? And, then, and that's valuable to me, really valuable, you know? So, yeah, yeah. Lovely. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that with us, Manny. Thank you so much for your time. No worries, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Three fucking guns!